This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET, and I'm Stephen Henderson. Glad you have joined us. By now, it's very likely your social media feeds are filling up with posts and reposts and maybe even some means around the protests that are happening around America calling for an end to police brutality and structural racism. Seems that a lot of people of all backgrounds are stepping in to join this moment of social reckoning. And make no mistake, interracial solidarity is crucial to this being an effective movement. But there's a nuance and tradition of white supremacy so interwoven into the fabric of this country that in moments like the one we find ourselves in, all of a sudden what may have started as an act of solidarity can devolve into something merely performative and ultimately more damaging than helpful. It's a tricky subject to talk about, but it's an important conversation for us to be having. And joining us now is someone who spends a lot of time thinking about these kind of things. April Williams is an assistant professor at the University of Michigan specializing in gender, race, and the internet. Professor Williams, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yes, great to have you here. So before we get into these notions of competitive wokeness and performative solidarity popping up online and in the physical world, I want to back up just a little and look at what the role of emboldened white women, for instance, has been in many instances of living with black uh, in recent, living while black in recent years. So, uh, situations that typically end in law enforcement being called over seemingly nothing. Right. Yeah. So, over the course of honestly the last decade, but we've seen. Uh, we've been able to see it a little bit more now with Twitter being so commonly used. Um, but in the last few years, we've really seen a lot of these events where white women and men uh, call the police on black individuals for living while black for numerous things, um, most of which are perfectly legal. Uh, but the the part that I really want to highlight is that as they're calling the police, they're really saying, I don't agree with what you're doing, whatever the thing is. And it's really them exercising their white discomfort. They're uncomfortable with black bodies. And that's why they're calling the police ultimately. Um, so what is the effect of this, uh, this wokeness that we are seeing right now uh, from, from white people uh, who are, some in some cases just empathetic with the the causes that are being uh, championed in these protests, and in some cases are people participating. Uh, is this uh, overall the thing that we need to, to 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 be seeing, or are there real problems and real sort of opportunities to pause and think about what the dynamics here really are and look like? Yeah, so the answer is both. Um, on the one hand, police violence and anti-black violence is everyone's problem. It's not just the problem of black people. And everyone needs to actively acknowledge that and take part in trying to take apart or dismantle these systems that we find ourselves in. So, of course, we need solidarity from all communities in the U.S. to actively work towards that goal. Um, but also, on the other hand, if white people are centering themselves, then that really detracts from the movement. Um, and in a lot of cases, 
white people are going and initiating protests and violent protests with that or initiating riots and looting. And that really detracts from and distracts from the main narrative that the protests are trying to get across, which is that black lives matter and that police violence against black bodies, against black people really has to stop. And so we see this sort of decentering and this distraction um, and it's really becoming an issue. Mm. So how do we know the difference? How do we know who is really an ally who understands that this is about the safety of and the rights of black people in this country and people who are, as you say, centering themselves uh, and not really understanding what this is all about? How do we identify those differences? Right. A good rule of thumb is if the protester movement was started by a white person, that's, <laughs> that's not a clue. One, <laughs> right. So that's a clue. <laughs> that's not one where they are looking to guidance from local black organizers who are actually doing the work, right? Like a good ally is someone who comes alongside of black voices and amplifies them and doesn't seek to center and gain attention for themselves. And so really that's the best clue. Um, if you're sitting around with your friends as a white person and you're thinking, I want to start a movement, don't do that. <laughs> Look to what movements are already happening in your city, in your region, and seek to join those, not start your own movement or start your own protest, because it's not really contributing to the main goal. Um, and how should, how should other white people address this kind of thing. I think one of the things that, that we're all thinking about right now are what our obligations look like with regard to uh, the issues that, that, that are, again, being surfaced and, and championed in these, in these protests. Uh, how should white people respond when they see this kind of uh, co-opting, I guess, uh, or, or centering of, of white people or whiteness as opposed to uh, the, the issues that are confronting black people. Right. Call it out. Um, that's the thing. We really need white people to do the work of dismantling or interrogating, I should say, whiteness on their own. Um, and if white people are seeing that their friends are sort of engaging in this performative wokeness, I would say politely call them out. It doesn't have to be public. In some cases, it should be public. Um, especially if the things that they're doing are public, then really another white voice is needed to come in and correct and say, okay, what you're doing is actually harmful. You're not helping. Uh, but yeah, really call each other out and say, have you thought about what you're doing, where your money is going, how your performative allyship is possibly detrimental and really think about the actions um, and the way that your individual privilege helps to uphold white supremacy and helps to uphold white privilege in particular. Hmm. I'm talking with April Williams, an assistant professor at the University of Michigan. Her work focuses on gender, race, and the internet. We're talking about uh, performative solidarity and the role of uh, white people in the things that we <clears throat> are seeing unfold in streets uh, around the country in the city of Detroit, now in some of our suburban uh, communities, uh, people standing up and saying, hey, this is enough, uh, enough of the police brutality, enough of the systemic racism that fuels that police brutality. How do we know the difference between uh, 
white people who are true allies in that cause and people who are maybe a little more in it for themselves and for the attention. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to Facebook or to Twitter and put comments there, and we will work you into the conversation. Let's go to Brother Ray in Midtown. Welcome to the show. Good, good morning. Good morning. Hey. Uh, for me, it's the word black. I mean, if we all Americans, then why are we subsetting black Americans, white Americans? That's, for me, where the real conflict is at. Hmm. But when you look at the inter, inter, interracial or protesting, when you like, you have two individuals, one black, one white, one grew up in a different circumstances, one grew up in a different environment. Now one is fighting for a particular right that's benefiting for themselves. Now, I was at the point of protest, this is right. I was talking to you two young you know, two young white women mm-hmm. and they had a sign, Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. And uh, we was talking about different situations with the protest. I asked them, what are, what what is it what what is it in this protest you're trying to you're trying to achieve? And one young lady said, okay, well, we want uh, police brutality to cease. We want, uh, we fight for Black Lives Matter. So we had a conversation. Then they got up. They walked away. So she, one of them, both of them came back. She asked me, did you see any keys here? I said, I ain't paying attention. I wouldn't look down on the ground. On the ground. She said, because are you sure you didn't see no keys here? I said, now, see, that's the same thing you're supposed to be fighting against. Mm. Prosecuting someone, accusations. And I started to go, I went in, but she walked with me, and a friend said, she's just uh, upset right now. She, 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 she's panicking. How do you change that mindset? Yeah. You know how it is, Stephen, when you're in, the, you, if you're in the office, two, black, two whites and one black, something comes up, missing, or whatever. Mm. Who's going to be blamed? Yeah. Yeah. Now, how do you change that natural, that natural way of thinking in that particular population group? Now, you got Reddit, the, the founder of Reddit, Serena Williams' uh, husband. He said he's going to step down. Yeah, for a black person to take his his Yeah, his now place. that's when you see the change. Yeah, that's when. They, okay, now y'all want we are, are we all in together? Okay, <laughs> make, make it happen. Right, make brother happen. Ray, I, it's easily done. I, I really appreciate yes, the call and the, and the perspective, and and I think you're raising a lot of important questions. April Williams, uh, how do we change that dynamic that he's talking about? Which uh, you 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 see as he points out sometimes emerge. With, with people who would say that they support change, that they support reform, that they support the end of systemic racism. They don't see how their own lives reinforce it. Right, yeah. I think uh, those comments from you, Mr. Ray, are excellent uh, because really you're getting at the heart of what's missing in a lot of this performative wokeness, which is that if there's no action accompanying um sort of like your belief system, then what's the point ultimately? Every white person has to do the work of interrogating their own beliefs and even their implicit beliefs, which is sort of what what was um, being communicated in that story where she's assuming that this black person has her keys, right? Or like is um, maybe using an accusatory tone. Um, we call that implicit bias or implicit racism, where you sort of don't even think about it, but you're automatically having these negative associations because of race. And so to actively acknowledge that as a white person, you really have to take stock of what are my beliefs and what is it about my upbringing, where I grew up, 
um, the people around me that cause me to think about race and the ways that I do, and then actively work to change that. And as um, Kendi says, you really have to do that every day. It has to be a constant evaluation of thinking about your whiteness and how your white privilege manifests itself in everyday simple interactions, such as the one that Mr. Ray described with the keys. Uh, again, uh, Brother Ray, thanks very much for the call and uh, the comments. Let's go to James, Jameson in Lake Orion. Jameson, welcome to the show. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Hi. I live up in northern Oakland County, and uh, after the Ferguson uprising, I saw the Blue Lives Matter flags and signs go up. Mm -hmm. And if you would have told me then that in five, six years I'd see people marching through the streets of Lake Orion chanting Mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have believed you. But these protests that are happening up here in the northern part of Oakland County, they're they're a good first step. People are finally realizing Mm -hmm. that Black Lives Matter, but they're about five, six years behind the message because... They're up here, white people organizing protests, marching hand-in-hand with police chiefs through the town without talking to a lot of the organizers and organizations and leaders of the movement who want to defund the police or at the very least radically reimagine the police. Yeah, I- See, these, these people up here are still talking about good apples and bad apples. They don't realize that in the communities most affected by aggressive over-policing, the people are tired of eating apples. Apples ain't a meal. They want bread. That's economic security. That's jobs. They want water. In Detroit, that's literally water. uh, Jameson, I I don't want to cut you off, but I do want to get April Williams to talk about this, and we're we're going to run out of time. Um, But I appreciate the call. Uh, April, talk about progress. Which is what I think Jameson is 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 noting here that that a, a community like his uh, seems to be turning toward trying to recognize these things. I think you don't want to push back against that, even if uh, the understanding behind that change is not where it maybe needs to be. Right. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would say that the progress is good. It's great that people are willing to sort of. I'm so happy to see Blue Lives Matter being left behind because Blue Lives is not a thing, right? right. Like, we never, that's not a reality. <laughs> right. um, so I'm so happy to see people moving away from that idea and moving towards the idea of embracing Black Lives Matter and showing that solidarity. But on the other hand, um, just like Jameson was saying, this idea that you can um, do this performative marches, and I understand that in some spaces where there are no black voices, it can be hard to seek out that leadership, yeah. but I would encourage people in those areas to keep doing the work and to keep learning and to keep protesting, but make sure that they're plugging in with regional leaders, yeah. um, even if there's not someone connect in your area. To, yeah, connect to the actual the actual. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And uh-huh. to make sure that the things that you're saying are in line with the core values of the Black Lives Matter movement yeah. and the core demands especially. Yeah. Okay, April Williams, assistant professor at U of M. Great to have you here for this conversation. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's going to do it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow. Hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET, your spot for conversation, news, and music.